Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 112 of Buds and Blue Jays, your place for all things related to the Toronto Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burl. I'm joined, as usual, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. Riley, how are you, my guy? Jesse, I'm well. Mm-hmm. Just uh, enjoying the rain hit the tin roof here. And uh, it's a uh, day after our Blue Jays series victory against my Oakland Athletics, mm-hmm. who, you know, hey, 20 wins on the air, 20 whole <laughs> wins on the air, Jesse. I'll, I'll give it to I'll give it to them there. Yeah, no, everything's good, man, in Blue Jays land. I feel pretty good after this series. Not a perfect series by any means, but still a lot of good takeaways, man. A ton of great stuff from the series, actually. Hey, one of those 20 wins for Oakland did come against our Toronto Blue Jays as we win two out of three games. We'll get into the whole series against Oakland. The good, the bad, the ugly, injury updates, prospect notes, and everything in between. But Riley, this is episode 112, and we started last episode by coming up with a new Blue Jays-related stat uh, for each number of our episode. Last week, we did 111, which was um, the WRC Plus for Catalan Auto and Adam Lind. For this episode, Riley... It's brought to you by Mr. Alex Rios, longtime right fielder for the Toronto Blue Jays, who finished his Blue Jays career with 112 stolen bases. So this episode is dedicated to you, Alex Rios, if you're listening to us. Wow. Wow. I love me some Alex Rios, man. That guy had an absolute gun. Loved his bat. One of my favorite batting stands. Another, I mean, a lot lot of people know what I loved his little double hitch and then kind of kick it like that. One of my favorite low-key Blue Jays had a, uh, hey, went on and had a decent career with the White Sox and probably another team or two. But yeah, that's a good number 15, Alex Rios. Yes, sir. Without further ado, let's dive into our episode and let's get into the game recaps of the Blue Jays just took together against the Oakland Athletics. Game one of this series, the Blue Jays actually lose this game five to four. Chris Bassett struggled in the top of the first, gave up several hits and three earned runs come across. The Jays were able to battle with four in the bottom of the third, including Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s first home run at the Rogers Center this year. A reason to celebrate for sure. Oakland gets one in the fifth and the score stayed that way until the ninth when Vladimir and uh, Jordan Romano came into the game and gave up a solo home run to Shea Langoliers. The Blue Jays were not able to get a run across in the bottom half and lose the opening game 5-4. to four. In game two, the Blue Jays bounced back in a good way. We scored two in the first, one in the second, two more in the third, and Jose Barrios wasn't at his best, but was still quite solid in this one as the Jays go on to win this game 7-3. to three. Danny Jansen had his 10th home run of the year in this game, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is making up for lost time, baby. He went deep as well, added three RBIs and two hits in this game and in the game three the rubber match that happened Sunday afternoon the Blue Jays needed a laugher and they got one finally you say Kikuchi in the bullpen only allowed three hits the whole day um, and the Blue Jays put together 11 hits of their own, which totaled 12 runs in this one as they win this game 12-1. to one. As mentioned, Yusei Kikuchi dominant, seven innings pitch, one earned run, two walks, eight strikeouts. And the Blue Jays had a bunch of hits as well. Kevin Biggio went deep. George Springer went deep in this one. And we had multiple walk games from Matt Chapman, Santiago Espinal, and multiple hit games from Bichette, George Springer, Kevin Biggio, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr., so after the series here, Riley, the Blue Jays stand with a record of 43-36. and 36. We are still fourth place in the AL East, just half a game back of those New York Yankees. And we are in a playoff position now, Riley. We're half a game ahead of the Houston Astros, only one game ahead of the LA Angels. So things are going to get very crazy in the uh, wild card picture here. But the Blue Jays just going to keep winning games and we'll be okay, Riley. Game recaps out of the way, standings updates out of the way. How are we feeling? Where do we want to go first? Whew, Jesse, a lot to talk about, man. Let's just let's just let's just pick it right apart, man. What were people waiting for all this season? The home fans were loving it. A three-run home run, a no 
doubter for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Was this long overdue or was this long mm-hmm. overdue? Yes. And he had a home run the next game. I mean, just that alone, Jesse. I mean, it's a a weight is lifted, man. It is. It was July twenty third and fourth, or twenty fourth and fifth when this happened. Whatever two days, I think third of whatever it is, like at or sorry June at that part in the year though, late June. Not having a home run at home when you're Vladimir Guerrero Jr., when you're a couple years removed from a 48 home run season, man, it's got to feel good. Got the home team pumped. And yes, it is a sigh of relief. Yes, it couldn't have happened the whole season where he went homerless at home. I mean, stranger things have happened, but I mean, it's Vladimir Guerrero Jr. we're talking about here. This is a guy who just has a big bat. And yes, he laced one at the Budweiser sign in left center field. Jesse, I feel good about this. He had some pretty big power numbers in this series. And is he finally back? I don't know. It's a small sample size to take away. But we're starting to get the ball rolling. And I like to see that. Let's just talk about recent gameplay the last three games. Let's keep this trend. Let's keep this trajectory up. Let's see Vladimir Guerrero Jr. hit six in his next 10 and just go from there. Let's see some big numbers. Now is the time, especially we've talked about it on our last episode. We might be playing less competitive teams. I'm not saying time to experiment and come out of your shoes on swings. Stick to fundamentals and just hope that that launch angle is there and that those balls take off because he hits the ball so dang hard that it's almost it's inevitable that he's going to launch one into the seat sooner or later. And Vladdy, two in the series, Mr. Big Time, played some pretty decent defense, two in the series. I can't off the top remember a ton of plays, but I know he made some pretty good stabs, almost fed Barrios um, with one he, he dove at, made a good decision, almost beat the yep, runners yep. to the bag. And, like, just it's it's been a good year for Vladdy everywhere else except really for the home run number span. But I have a good feeling. I have a good feeling, Jesse, that we're going to get we're going to get a hot stick here soon. And w- those numbers are going to turn up. I really hope that we can look back at the end of the season, Riley, and we can point to this Oakland series this last weekend in June as this is the time Vladimir Guerrero took off and exploded. And yes, it's the Oakland A's. And yes, Oakland A's are not a good baseball team, but you got to do it somewhere. And Vladdy went two hits in game one, two hits in game two, two hits in game three. And we talked about it a lot on our show, Riley. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is our best hitter. If the Blue Jays are going to be successful, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. needs to prove that he is our best hitter. And well, how about this, Riley? Three RBIs in game one, three RBIs in game two. He had one more in the finale. That's seven RBIs, Riley. He just doubled or he, sorry, he tied what he had in the whole month of June prior in just these three games, which gives him 14 RBIs on the month. That is what you want from your cleanoff hitter driving those runs. The OPS, Riley, went from 768 coming into the series to now 807 coming out of the series. I would expect that number to ride. So thumbs up from Riley and I for you, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. We needed this badly. And please keep up the production. I'm not calling it. I'm not sending out a prediction. I want to talk about what would compensate for maybe the lack of power. A July player of the month, Jesse, I think Ooh. would Ooh. would be a would be a big handle. I it's it's not it's a steep task, but it's not too steep for Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I'm not saying that he's gonna do it. I'm not gonna foolishly just outcry it and jinx it, but there's always a chance with him, and I feel like 
Baseball is weird in a lot of ways, and you can only be cursed for so long. Maybe some good luck is going to hit Vladimir Guerrero Jr. in his bat. And like I said, he'll take off and hit a ton of home runs over the next span of uh, games, next span of series. And we had been saying that all along, too. Like, the numbers under the hood look good. Just be patient. It's a matter of time. And finally, we are getting rewarded for our patience, Riley. Moving on to another player who, Riley, just impressed me so, so much this series. In fact, I almost wore this player's jersey for the episode today. I'm a little upset I didn't, to be honest. And that is Yusei Kikuchi. And I want all the doubters from Yusei Kikuchi to comment down below and almost apologize for how you thought about Yusei Kikuchi because this is the guy I thought we were going to get back when I wanted him to be acquired two years ago at this team. Riley, this was his best start as a Toronto Blue Jay. Seven innings pitched, two hits allowed, one earned run on a solo home run. Kikuchi has given up a lot of those this year. And then he had eight strikeouts and only two walks on this. Riley, it was the first time Yusei Kikuchi pitched into the eighth inning. For the or the through the seventh inning with the Toronto Blue Jays, Riley, his ERA on the season is now 375. Riley, I'm just gonna read off a name of list of pitchers across baseball who have a worse ERA than Yusei Kikuchi right now: Corbin Burns, Spencer Strider, Dylan Cease, Aaron Nola, and Sandy Alcantara. Those are all players who finished in Cy Young voting as recently as last year, and Yusei Kikuchi has a better ERA than all of those, Riley. Batting average against two for Kikuchi, second best in the American League. Guys just aren't getting hits off him. And it's fantastic to see from my king, Yusei Kikuchi. What an absolute stud performance. I thought it was mm-hmm. a gutsy performance. You can, <clears throat> excuse me, you can look at it a couple different ways. Let's take away the fact that it was Oakland, because who cares? It's a scheduled start. This, like, this was a good start for him to take the bump. His he it was one of the gutsiest performances I've seen of the year, man. Those eight strikeouts were good earned strikeouts, man. He he got ahead, got ahead early. His command was on point. Velocity looks looked great. Like his pitch mix was fantastic. I was just very impressed with what he did in this game, man. It's not too often any starter, let alone a guy who was called the fifth starter or whatever. I think not, I, I mean, this is such a backwards year. I'm not going to really put a number on who's to rank the starting pitchers at this point. I might take, rank them. Rank the starting pitchers. Uh, uh, all right. You want me to rank the yeah. starting pitchers right now? Include Manoa so in that. Well, okay. Well, he's not going to be said first. So I still got to go with, I I mean, I still got to go with Kevin Gosman first. I think that's a no, no brainer. Absolute no brainer. At this point, after that performance, man, I think it's Kikuchi. You know, right now, right now, I still have a lot. I will talk about him in a a minute and it won't be good. Chris Bassett ahead of Barrios. Um, that might be a bit biased towards with me. Um, I still think Brios has done a fa- fantastic job. Um, and then Manoa obviously is, it's a, it's a tragic tale of events of what has led up to, to this now, but, um, Kikuchi with a gutsy performance, absolute stellar, man. If we get a couple more, a couple more ball games like that this season, they don't even have to touch those numbers. He can go six innings. He could strike out seven. He could walk three and give up five hits, I would still be very okay with that. Maybe two earned runs to his line. If he pitched the same way, if he was as aggressive as he was, man, he didn't He didn't dance around batters, man. He went out and attacked the hitters, which I think it doesn't matter if it's Oakland or it's the Atlanta Braves. I mean, he's a great left-handed pitcher with great velocity. He's, I mean, he's a... Um, 
a diamond in the rough, so to speak. I mean, if you really fine-tune him, he could be one of the better pitchers in baseball. He still has a lot of kinks and flaws in his game, but his makeup is absolutely fantastic, Jesse. And, I'm hey, Jesse, like you said, when you were griping about going after this guy, getting him from the Mariners, he's with us now. He's been with us. I feel very comfortable. This is a whole different Yusei Kikuchi, man. The beard, whatever the difference mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it could the beard. Be the shit. The shampoo he's using, I don't know, man, but it is absolutely fantastic. I feel very comfortable with him on the bump right now. Hey, 12, 12 to 1, man. He got the run support. He gave up a solo home run. He gave up two extra base hits. He gave up a double and a homer. Who cares? At the end of the day, yeah. who cares? He's prone He's prone to hard contact. Well, he whiffed a ton of hitters and only gave up two hits. That's what End of story. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. That's what Robbie Ray was like. It's his turn with the Toronto Blue Jays too. Like Robbie Ray also gave up a ton of hard contact. He also got a ton of whiffs, Riley. And I'm not saying like Yusei Kikuchi is going to be Robbie Ray, but that's what the path for success is going to look like for Yusei Kikuchi. And it's been nothing but thumbs up from us in this series. I will say buyer beware though a little bit, Riley, because a lot of the expected stats still don't love what Yusei Kikuchi is doing. But I love the most, Riley. His walks per nine have gone from five and a third last year to 2.68, the best in his career. And we've even talked about it. Yusei Kikuchi can limit the walks. Everything else is going to fall into place. And it has done just that for Yusei Kikuchi. Riley, I'm going to give our third sums up to another player that has really turned it on over the past few months or so and who got a lot of notice, especially on social media today, as this guy is climbing up the ladder on the leaderboards. And that is George Springer, Riley. He hit another Springer dinger in game three of this series, his 55th leadoff home run of all time. It is now second most in Major League Baseball behind only Ricky Henderson. He's got a long way to go if he's going to catch Ricky Henderson. But the fact that George Springer is now second on this list ahead of some big names on this list is just bravo to you, George Springer. And we're taking awe of the career you put together. I mean, what what accolades, what things make up a Hall of Fame career? I mean, hey, Ricky Henderson, man of steel. They call him that for a reason. He was a fast guy. He played also till he was 42 years of age. Is Springer going to do that? I don't know, but that's pretty impressive still. Just passing Alfonso Soriano, all-time great. Um, I was going to say he, he was second baseman, but played some outfield too. But um, George Springer is a, is such a unique ball player. Um, it, he made a catch in the first game of this series that was in vain after Langerlees hit the go-ahead home run. He had a fantastic catch in right field to to show you. um, Came in almost backhand side, did a little tumble in shallow right field, played it perfectly. Great route to the ball, great acceleration. He still has his legs, showcasing his athleticism, still proving me wrong. I didn't think George had it in him defensively, but he has very much been an elite defender in right field this year for us. And yeah, he's still got the pop and the bat, man. That's what makes him such, I mean, the the eras of a leadoff hitter just stealing 35 bases and hitting two home runs a season. I mean, George Springer is still stealing bases as well. He is a different kind of leadoff hitter. Obviously, he's been with us long enough that we know what we're getting. And I mean, when just when you think George isn't, going to start the game off with a home run because no one in their right mind thinks this game's going to start with a home run. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and there's George Springer. He's done it 55 times over his career. Obviously a portion of those with the Toronto blue Jays, but still enough that we, well, we can appreciate it, man. It's a good way to start the ball game. Good defense, good base running, good power. 
George Springer, not a complete five-tool guy, but he's close enough to be in five tools for me. He's still got it. George Springer, thumbs up to you, man. Yeah, absolutely. His route running actually this year, I think moving to right field has actually gotten better. It's the second best of his career as I look through the data here for George Springer on defense. It was a great catch, honestly. I don't have the catch probability here, but it was fantastic for George Springer. One of the best. The Blue Jays outfield as a whole. I've just played fantastic defense. And I guess, Riley, we're going a little extra. Normally, we only give three thumbs up here, but I want to talk a little bit about Kevin Biggio. And Kevin Biggio has been taken a lot of heat from the Toronto Blue Jays. But look, you can't deny what this guy has done on the field right now. Over the past 31 days, Riley, he is second for the Blue Jays position players in war behind only Bo Bichette. In that time, Riley, five home runs. He's got a 937 OPS, a 158 WRC plus in that time. Six of his seven home runs on the season, Riley, have been 100 or mile per hour off the bat. He hadn't done that in any year since his rookie year in 2019, where we all know Kevin Biggio was at his best. He's hit some baseballs as hard as 95 miles per hour plus two, which we always said, oh, Kevin Biggio can't hit the hard fastball. Well, seems like this year he can hit the hard fastball. And Kevin Biggio is just a player who has genuinely upped his game. Like he has gotten better on an internal level. And I have a friend Riley who would just tell me is like, look what happens when you give Kevin Biggio extended playing time. He performs. He played a lot in that rookie year in 2019. He performed. Now his playing time was spotty in 2020, 2021. And ultimately he became a bench guy for the blue Jays coming into this year. But there's an argument to be made Riley that Kevin Biggio needs to be in the lineup every day, especially when you need more left-handed thump. So talk to me about Kevin Biggio. There is a huge conversation to be had about the second base thing. When we have the outfield that we do, Kiermaier has been absolutely fantastic. Of course, he didn't appreciate him when he played with the Rays. Varsho is a great up-and-comer who's going to do great things. We're going to have him for a while. And then Springer in right field. Um, and that's without if Merrifield can play some left field. Biggio's played some right field. And then obviously mm-hmm. Bowen Chapman, Vladdy, and for the for the moment, Danny Jansen behind the plate. That leaves us with three guys on second base. Now, with Merrifield, we've had this conversation. He's played some very good ball as of recently. Probably He's got to be an the, everyday player in the lineup. He's got – you can't bat – you can't bat an extra guy. And even in the series, Espinal, um, two great plate appearances, long at-bats to draw walks. Um, and that's something that I haven't seen him do a ton of. Um, what else? Drove in, yeah, drove in runs as well. And he's limited to his playing time as well because of the Whitmerryfield and Biggio possibly out you know, being in the lineup ahead of him. And then you come down to Kevin Biggio. Yeah. You give this guy at bats. He seems to be performing. I mean, if you're on the, in, if you're on the outside looking in the managers and the manager gives you a, a pinch hit opportunity. I mean, if you in your first three go over three with three strikeouts, you'll see less and less of those opportunities. You really need to make the most of the opportunities and Kevin did that. Yes. Kevin made yes, the has. most of his opportunities as he's already had pinch hit home runs this year. So he's getting these, these spots in the lineup. And now we see him still producing. Well, okay. Maybe, you know, there's, there's professional pinch hitters, you know, Kevin, Oh, he's a great pinch hitter. Well, yeah, but now maybe we look to insert him in the, insert him in the lineup more often, especially the fact, Jesse, you said it, he's a left-handed bat. And I mean, that's always important from we're a a team that bats at least four guys, if not five 
right-handed bats at the top of our lineup right now. And I'm not saying that Cavan's going to be in that one to five spot, but he's a left-handed bat down in the order who's hitting like a guy in the top five in your batting order right now. Cavan Biggio is a good problem to have in the lineup. I mean, just you can't bat 11 guys. So, so I mean, I mean, are they all going right? stay? They're all, I mean, hey, I still don't know, man. My wheels spin all the time. I think about it at least once a week, who I really want. If, uh, you know, like the you see it on the, you know, TSN post or Sportsnet, like start bench cut or whatever yeah, yeah, the yeah. thing. But we wouldn't cut any of these guys. No, you could trade one. We're not having that discussion now. We'll probably talk about that uh, four, five, six episodes down the line when um, I start to get antsy and want to move somebody um, because we need more pitching or whatever's going to happen happen at the time knock on wood um i'm not in too frantic of a spot where i just want to <laughs> sell off players who are hitting hot for a, a 34 year old who's got one year left at 8.5 million or something so visio for the meantime insert him in the lineup because yeah, I think he, so. his, his bat's hot i mean you, you got to play who's hot jesse it's That's, simple as that baseball's so easy sometimes isn't it right the guy's hitting well Put him on the field. Makes a lot of sense. Riley, I did want to touch on Chris Bassett's performance because it wasn't all positive. He did struggle, especially early. Gave up three in the first. He then did settle down, though. And my main takeaway from watching this game on Friday night is that he actually turned over pitch-calling duties to Danny Jansen. So we've seen Chris Bassett a lot. He'll sit there after each pitch. He puts his hand in his glove on his hip. He looks to the sky and tries to figure out which one of his eight pitches that Chris Bassett is going to throw next. It wasn't until the second inning when Danny Jansen took over that Chris Bassett could focus more on execution, right? When you throw eight pitches, it takes a lot more brain space and muscle memory to be able to execute eight pitches. And I want my pitcher focusing on doing that more instead of trying to come up with a plan of attack to call hitters. Because Danny Jansen can call a baseball game. He's done it for a long time. He caught back-to-back shutouts earlier this year like let's trust in danny jansen to know what's best for you chris bassett so you can execute and you can put together a good performance and i want to see more of that going forward two things on that jansen is a great signal caller he's been around not only the major leagues but he's been around the blue jays organization he's one of our longest tendered players chris bassett this is his first year with the blue jays we're not you know we're about halfway through the year give or take um, you know, catchers are different and I have no problem with him handing control over to Danny Jansen. I think that, I think that he's had better starts, Jesse, but, um, look, when you got to try stuff that's that if, if it's not working, I mean, Bassett get, getting behind early like that. And we come back. I mean, he went, he went five innings. I think yeah, that's, he settled down that's, after that rough first. he, he settled down. But I mean, you could, t- he was, he was pretty flabbergasted out there. I mean, he's, you don't see a lot of, you know, he looked disparaged a little bit at points in that uh, ball game. Uh, Cause not a lot was going, was going right early on and he did calm down. So for Danny Jansen to step in and I don't know what the discussion is as a, literally playing almost every other position on the baseball field, except for pitcher and catcher. I don't know how that discussion would look, but you're talking about two veteran guys and you're trying to win ball games. So, I mean, Hey, Danny Jansen's got to make the calls. That's great. And as far as Chris Bassett, 
I still consider him a very good starting pitcher in this league and for this Blue Jays team. I have all the faith that he's going to bounce back. This wasn't a blow up by any means. It was shaky. Absolutely, it was shaky. The end of the day, he's not he's not charged with the loss. I mean, yeah, you can throw it in someone else's lap, but if we get a little hotter, we score eight runs. We don't worry about it. Yep. I mean, yep. we gave up five in the ball game. We didn't outscore our opponents. We could have. It was a game we probably should have won. It's certainly not all on Chris Bassett, though. Yeah, something just to watch for going forward with Chris Bassett, because if this can be a thing and he can focus on his execution, Chris Bassett is going to be better. A few small notes, Riley. I'll read them all here really quickly. Um, over the last two years, the Blue Jays have won 70% of Jose Brio's starts, including one in this series here. Kevin Kiermeyer has five triples this year, Riley, which is tied for the major league lead. And Tyler Heineman looked like he pulled something in the finale. It looks like an IL trip is likely for the backup catcher. I expect the Jays to probably look to acquire another catcher at the deadline, even if Alejandro Kirk comes back healthy or if they call up Rob Brantley. So out of those three stats, Riley, anything catch your attention? Uh, yeah, so we'll start with the first one. Um, that being, hell, I can't even think. What was the first thing you said? Brios. The Jays have yes. won over 70% of Brios. Yes, I had a funny remark to that, which was, yeah. what are we? What are the runs per game, nine and a half for, for those? <laughs> there were quite a lot last year. I know that. Yes, I, that's going back to last year. This is a totally different year for Jose Brios. The other one, Asturi Ruiz playing center field in that ball game played just terrible, yeah, terrible defense. I felt... I. Listen, I love the Blue Jays. I do I do love the Oakland Athletics as well. Um, Ruiz is going to be a serviceable ball player for his career. He would have been a great player if, in 1978. He would have swiped about 90 bases and maybe hit around 290. But yeah, hey, good for Kiermaier. Triples? That's a fun stat. That's an exciting mm -hmm. category to get into. I mean, absolutely fantastic. I guess that's really my only, my only takeaways. All right, good. Then I can move on to some other things. Alec Manoa is still going through his rehab process in Florida. There was a rumor going about that, hey, he was going to pitch on Canada Day, but I'm here to tell you it's not going to happen. Alec Manoa is not ready yet. I doubt he even makes it back to Toronto until after even the All-Star break. He is throwing more bullpen sessions, and there is a rumor coming out that he's not missing as much arm side, and the delivery does look more clean. But again, those are just rumors. And Riley, this whole Alec Manoa thing, I know we did 25 minutes with Isaac the one time talking about Alec Manoa and what this is going to mean, but um, doesn't this feel like, it feels like we're in a Rocky movie right? Where Alec Manoa has to train for this huge fight and he's just not ready. He's not prepared. So he locks himself in like a cabin in the woods and he's got the, you know, um, the music going on or whatever. He's rocking like a headband and he's just, all he's doing is dedicated to work and improve and get better. And it seems like Alec Manoa is just going to come out of the wilderness one here and just be like what David Price was for this team in the 2015. And Alec Manoa is just going to shove. I mean, that's the storyline that I'm looking here from Alec Manoa. And that's kind of what it seems like. I absolutely ro love Rockies one through four. Five sucked with Tommy <laughs> Gunn, but I am a sucker for a storyline like that. You want oh the Mr. T one was was okay. But the Apollo Creed storyline there where he loses the first fight and then wins the second one. And man, I was mad when Dolph Lundgren killed Carl Weathers. Holy Spoiler Moses. alert, Riley. Man, You're, wow. Get, Oh, if you haven't seen The Rock, I mean, geez, you got to be kidding me. That's an all time. You get sorry, we're talking baseball here. This isn't an sure. ESPN boxing, but sorry, you talk about one of the greatest, greatest series of all time, man. Um, 
yeah, I want Manoa to to come back full and healthy and like make an impact right away. Not have his first, like I don't want I don't want it to be prolonged. Of course, nobody does, but I also don't want it to be rushed. Take the exact time you need. Get the fundamentals. Get the craft. Get the swagger mojo, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. Get stuff that get makes some, him great. Get some self, like not gonna self. Self esteem sounds like a bad word to use because that makes it sound like he's. I mean, he probably is. He he probably is not in the best headspace. So get that headspace. Get that adjusted. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. That's mental and physical are two totally different things. You can only imagine what's going through this guy's mind as he's one of the biggest competitors out there, man. I want him to get back. No one wants to see this flounder, man. I can't wait for his return. I want it to be a Rocky four where maybe they have us on the ropes and then he comes in and turns the crowd around on, uh, well, whatever, compare Russia to probably the Yankees. Cause <laughs> sure. they're, both, they're both, they're both the bad guys in this one. But what I'm trying to say is take the time you need and let's, you know what, you want to make this a Hollywood movie. I mean, then Alec Manoa comes back and throws our first no hitter again. I'm not Ooh. calling it, but let's, uh, Jesse, let's do that. Wow. It's my podcast too. I could say whatever. Yeah, I, man, I, I love that. Hey, a guy can dream. A guy can dream. He has. He has the tools. He just. He just needs to figure it out. This year has not been his year, man. And let's let's just get him back. In you know, like not throw him right in the fire. Protect him a little bit early on, Jesse. I think you, that's important as well. Yeah, you heard it here first. When Alec Manoa comes back and throws a no hitter later in this year, you have Mister Riley McConnell to thank for that one. Um, moving on just a little bit here. The, that means because Alec Manoa is not ready, the bullpen day will likely continue. The spot will be needed once on Canada Day and then one more time, likely either in the White Sox or the Tigers series before the All-Star break. Bo Bichette, Kevin Kiermaier, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Matt Chapman, and Whit Merrifield are all semifinalists for the All-Star game, so please go out and vote. Let's send our Toronto Blue Jays to the All-Star game. And some prospect notes, Riley. Tucker Toman hit a home run again. His third of the year, he's looked really good in the young complex league for a young player. Keep an aim at that name. He's rising throughout the system. Riley, Adam Kloffenstein, who at the start of the year when we did our prospects episode, he was your preseason pick to click this year. He's actually had a very nice year so far. He just pitched five and a third no-hit innings with eight strikeouts before being hit with a comebacker and having to be taken out of the game. Adam Kloffenstein has really built up his prospect status down there. And then Sem Robarisi and Yaz Razuleta, two guys that we talked about in the past who have been on our top 10 prospect list, are going to be the Blue Jays representatives at the Futures game this year, which will take place just before the All-Star game. So, Riley, 30 seconds or less. Any thoughts on any of those? Uh, I mean, as good as Kloffenstein is, Kloffenstein, Kloffenstein. Uh, Zuleta is someone really to still keep an eye on and talk about. I think that um, I don't know where we had him is MLB ETA, but he really isn't too far off. So, I mean, he could turn some heads league wide on that. Um, uh, Jesse, if you look at it, man, we do have, I mean, we are not immediately deep in pitching, but I mean, there's a lot of guys on the cusp right now that are in our lower systems and even in double a who have been pitching really, really well, some good prospects in that, not all of them even healthy right now. So, I mean, it's a good thing to have. It's something to fall back on at the end of the day, though, not a lot of MLB ready. 
I think if Zuleta is the first guy we see, it would not surprise me one bit. Yeah, it very well could. The problem is the Jays have been quite healthy, so they haven't had to rely on many of these guys. That's the not a problem. You're That's right. It is not a problem, problem. at all. <laughs> yeah. <Whew. laughs> it's been good that everyone's been staying on the field, which is actually what you wanted coming into this season. Riley, that'll do it for our episode here today. I don't really have much else to add. We got the red hot San Francisco Giants coming in here next here. I want the Blue Jays to do well. Kevin Gosman will get a chance to pitch against his old team, so it'll be very good. We'll get to see our old friend Ross Stripling to come back again. So, got a serious prediction? Just how are we going to do against the Giants? Well, first, I want to... I don't know if we mentioned this. Danny Jansen, 10 home runs on the year. Yep. I don't, I don't know if we got that. I think that's important too because we got a bunch of guys now that are either closing on very close or not. Um, got some interleague play. We got the opposites. We got AL and NL, East and West. Um, hey, man, let's, let's get the series victory. That's plain and simple. We got a roll. We, we came out victorious in the Oakland series. Let's do the same thing against San Fran. Um, that's pretty much it, man. Just plain and simple. We got to keep winning ball games because like you said, fourth place in the AL East. Yes. We're in a wild card spot, but we need more security in that. We need yes. to start. We need to, we need to start rolling eight out of the next 10. 11 out of the next 15, something that's just going to spark this club, man, and, and rise us in the standings a little bit more because we're not, we're definitely not in a comfortable, we're not comfortable. You can never be too comfortable anyways, but we are nowhere near a cushy spot in this division, in the, in the league standings in the American league anyways. Yeah, I agree. And I'm going to go with Brandon Belt as a guy to get a home run against his former team. Just seems too perfect. I might even throw some money on that. We'll see what happens there. But that'll do it for episode here today, guys. Everyone remember, please like the video, subscribe to the channel. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, where we'll be posting a bunch of content on there and clips of the episode. Comment down below if you have something to add. If you think Riley's a bandwagoner, what's he's doing with being this Oakland A's fandom or what's going on? You can say anything oh, like that. Oh, <laughs> oh. On there. I will bring I will bring up tweets from 2013 next episode <laughs> if you even dare I will I will I will bring a file on my old GameCube memory card from a franchise mode with the Oakland Athletics oh I would if not a chance not a chance all right if there's an Oakland A's podcast out there and you need a co-host give Riley McConnell a call he'll get you on there two different time zones can't do it <laughs> tough okay until next time guys we'll see you later thanks guys